Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Keep the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking feeds the Grace Jameson. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome in on this Thursday all across Central New York. Here are the Cuse, Utica, Rome, other places, Jamesville, Manlius, wherever you are, wherever you want to be on QSportsTalk.com. You're not limited by Central New York and the towns that I'm randomly naming. You could be wherever the heck you want to be here on this Thursday afternoon. Cuse Hoops Talk, as always. As we'll uh, hit on some thoughts that uh, yesterday brought to mind. Man, people, this year's team is um, it, its finding new emotions inside of people. We'll, we'll explore that as best we can. Will we get to the bottom of it? As we've proven the last few weeks, no, we will not. But we will dig and dig and uh, see where we end up. Macavendo, you know him from the chat of Elite Wealth Management, will pop by at uh, 3 o'clock, one of our... Uh, newest uh, friends of the uh, show, so uh, he will be here. Looking forward to him at in studio coming up uh, in an hour, and uh, we'll try to make you some money at three thirty. Uh, you know, we've had to turn outside these walls. The picks coming from inside the building, um, again, not guaranteed, and yet we'll give them out tomorrow. We will give you out some picks tomorrow. But Jim Coventry of RotoWire and host shows on SiriusXM, he's all over the place and. Uh, he specializes in the prop picks, and there are always lots of prop picks for NFL games, but you get down to just a two-game weekend, like there are props on props on props. It's it's not the Super Bowl level. We're not betting on the anthem here, but if you if you want a rushing total or receiving total or this and that, so we'll, we'll talk to Jim coming up at 3.30, his first time on the program. He uh, often does stuff with John Ryan of Orange Nation fame, so if you chose John, perhaps you should listen to Jim. Jim, John, John, Jim. We will do that at 3.30 today and see what uh, Jim is thinking about uh, for the weekend. With just the two games, it, I, I'm trying to. I, I'm also intrigued of just the, how he approaches things in, in a weekend like this. It's not, oh, 16 games, we got to pour them all over and figure it all out. No, it's just the two. You can, you can dive as deep as you want. Like, there is not a stat you don't have time to look at and ponder. And if you look at enough, you can come to any darn conclusion you feel like. Uh, when you only got two games to think about. Uh, so we'll see what uh, he is thinking. Obviously, lots of factors, uh, title games, injuries with Mahomes, all that stuff. See how he is uh, going through thoughts on that. R.E. this weekend for Sunday. He specializes in the NFL and the prop bet. So Jim Coventry is coming up at 3.30 today. But first off, what is wrong with people? I I still can't get over. I mean, we had this call with our our friend Dave in Connecticut yesterday. I find if you start a sentence with our friend, uh, you know, anything that happens after it is happy, good times, and fun. And Dave, no, no, likey Joe, uh, no, likey Joe Gerard, and he is not alone. Because you know, after the show, for those of you that follow these shows and follow us on our uh, various social medias and whatnot, and uh, thank you if you do. See, search out the ESPN Syracuse, ESPN Utica Rome, and 
Use Sports Talk Twitter pages. We'd love to have you there and interact and do all that. We post little clips from the show and have little conversations and uh, all this stuff. But Dave, like in my mind, you know, went seven levels off the deep end on that call yesterday. Good radio. Crazy idea. Uh, Good radio. We like content. And then, you know, we take a little clip. We post it online. People like little clips. Lots of conversation on that one yesterday. And there was a lot of people out there that are like, that Dave, he's onto something. A lot of people, apparently, that are Syracuse basketball fans said, you know what? The guy that's got, that is Syracuse's leading scorer and is in all games played a top five scorer of the ACC, yet at ACC games only, is the leading scorer in the ACC. Like, yeah, you know where's a good spot for him? The bench, different school, somewhere. Like a deep pit. Death Valley, the moon. I don't know where they want Gerard. This is the same place they wanted Judah Mintz a week and a half ago at the end of the Miami game. Not here, not anywhere. Gone. Bye. Get out. It's wild. It is wild. Because, and this is important, the players on the court for Syracuse basketball this season must be on this year's roster. Not last year's roster, not 10 years ago roster, not 20. That was a good roster 20 years ago, huh? Not 30, not 1988. The players that are going to play in the game in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech on Sunday, both the start of the game, hashtag slow starts, both the end of the game, oh God, what are they going to do on the last possession? Whomever is going to do anything needs to be on this year's Syracuse basketball roster. Now... If you want to say you don't like this year's Syracuse basketball roster, that's one thing. If you want to say this year's Syracuse basketball team is not up to the standard that you have grown accustomed to enjoying over the last 40 years, that's one thing. If you want to say that the wrong players are on the court for this year's team and that there's clearly better players out there, that's where we have left the reservation. And it feels like that's happening. So I don't know if people mean what they are saying on that or they are just more upset that this year, last year, you know, the last handful of years, it's a buildup of a thing. It's not, people aren't even mad about this year, I don't think. They're just, they're just tired over the last five years now of the slide compared to, you know, the decade that preceded, the 30 years that preceded in many ways. That like what are are people actually mad about the thing that they say they're mad about, or are they just projecting what they're actually mad about onto Joe or onto Judith? I'd say the main issue people have, whether they know it or not, is people seem to refuse to admit that Joe Girard is the best player on this year's team. Like admit it or not, like that that's what it is. But where we're at, and I guess the main issue, you talk about where, you know, why is Syracuse in the spot they're in? Why ha- are they in the hole they're in? Joe Girard, you know, would not have been the best player on many, many, many other Syracuse basketball teams of recent and former vintage. In my mind, that is really, whether they are saying it or not, the issue most people are having. That, you know, Joe Girard would not have been the best player on the team. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 
30 years ago. And he is now. So he needs to be on the floor now. Because it is now. Now. It's not then. It's now. And we can bemoan the lack of better players. You can wish it was a more veteran team. We can do all that stuff, and that's all fair game. But to say that Joe shouldn't be on the court like this year, or that Judah shouldn't be on the court at the end of games this year, well, it is this year. It's not another year. As much as we maybe want it to be different, it's not. Like the Gerard thing, it's you know more the symptom than the disease of it right now. Like if you're examining, okay, what's what's really the problem? Why is Syracuse in the situation they're in on the outside of the outside of the outside of the bubble looking in right now? Because we don't get to replace these guys with somebody that's not on the roster. In my mind, I think what people are more frustrated about, it's not that Joe is in the game. It's that Joe is not Jerry. It's that Joe is not Andy Routens. It's that Joe is not Tyus Battle. Joe is not Preston Shumpert. Joe is not pick whichever shooting guard over the last 30 years you want to pick. It's that Judah is not Tyler Ennis at 25-0. and 0. It's that Judah is not Johnny Flynn. You know, the sophomore six-overtime Johnny Flynn that is the one that is frozen in your mind. Not the freshman Johnny Flynn. It's that he's not freshman Jerry McNamara or freshman Billy Edelin. Well, you know what? Not many are. But, while it was great to have them, and, you know, it's conjured up a lot, Syracuse.com, and a great idea uh, by them. They have, this year, been running on the day, 20 years later, throughout the season, all of their game stories from the national title season. And it's kind of fun to to drop back into it. Um, today was the 20th anniversary of a Syracuse uh, nail-biter win at Miami. That the Orange didn't play well, Jim Beheim. Reading through the article written by a former uh, partner in crime of Mike Waters, Kim Baxter back then, who is now uh, out in Hawaii doing uh, Hawaii things. Hawaii things are good. You know, whatever you're doing in Hawaii, that's a good thing to be doing. But, you know, it was written like Jim Beheim was uh, very not pleased on this day 20 years ago with Syracuse and how they played at Miami. Jerry McNamara, huh, terrible game. He was one of 10 from three. Terrible. Benjamin. Carmelo Anthony in one of the worst scoring games of the season. He's low near in the orange on this day 20 years ago. Bench him. But, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. 315-437-7644-ESPN44. I just think people, you know, it's... Now, Joe's the one here now. Judah is the one here now. They are the ones it's going to land on because they are the ones that are here now. And I know people say, well, I gotta why is why is this guy get everything? Or why does this guy get the ball at the end of the game? Well, they're the ones that are here now. Where where's Rick Patino? Like Jerry, Jerry McNamara. Well, he is walking through that door and he walks through that door every day. Jerry's not walking through that door. Neither's Carmelo. That's just not what the roster is this year. Doesn't mean it can't be again. Doesn't mean it won't be again. But right now, that's not what it is. So when you get to the end of the game, and I don't know if it's likely or whatnot, I'd say it's very reasonable in two days' time at Castle Coliseum with their 
two large, slow-spinning fans on the ceiling like we may be watching that game at about 8.50, 8.55, almost 9 o'clock at night on Saturday night, and it may be a one-possession game late. And you know what? Those two guys are going to be in the game, and one of them's going to have the ball. Jerry's not going to have the ball, and Johnny's not going to have the ball, and Tyus isn't going to have the ball, and Tyler's not going to have the ball, and Michael Carter-Williams isn't going to have the ball. None of those guys are going to have the ball. And maybe they'd all be better with the ball. But that's not what's going to happen this week. If only. But, you know, if, I, if I'm trying to figure out, because it, it, it is very weird, the reaction people are having over the last... You know, the season to, to the life and times of Joe Girard and to the last couple weeks of Judah Mintz doesn't make sense only in the context of the last couple weeks. It can't make sense only in the last in the context of the last couple weeks. It just can't. So in my mind, that is how people, whether they know it or not, are arriving at the conclusions and the anger and the wrath and everything that's been flying around here the last few weeks. If if you think otherwise, I, I'd love to hear. If you'd agree or whatever, I'd love to hear. 315-437-7644 is the number. 4 ESPN is the number. We'll hit a break here. Off and running, our guy Govendo from Elite Wealth, Elite Wealth Management, he said, will be popping by the studio at 3 o'clock today. 3.30, Jim Coventry. You want prop bets for Sunday? You want a little action on the uh, AFC and NFC title games? Jim's got your prop picks. He's not? Maybe he will. Well, ask him what he thinks on the games. I'm also intrigued to see if his thoughts on who's actually going to win the game. How does that influence the prop bets, or does he keep that separate, or how he goes about that? You know, the process behind how he arrives at his stuff. But we'll do that. Here a little bit of Jim Beheim as we roll along as well. He was on Orange Nation uh, right around an hour ago. All that here on the program today. We're in the 315 in CNY. It's QSportsTalk.com at ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is the 315 with Brian Higgins. All right, rolling along here on this Thursday in the Q, Central New York, wherever you are. Driving about. QSportsTalk.com. You can see me. Hi. You can see me all riled up. 305-437-7644. ESPN44 is the phone number. Anyone that actually has an answer to this question, I'd love to hear. Like, are people actually mad about Joe Girard? Like, the current player in the current year on the current team? Are they mad about Judah Mintz, the current player on the current year on the current team? Or are people just mad that this team's not ranked 12th in the country? And have guys that were of the level that were teams ranked and, you know, making those runs and winning those games and getting drafted and all the stuff, all the stuff that we've uh, grown accustomed to over the years. And it's just not what it's been this year. Now, it's trending positively, but it's still not what it's been. It's not 20 years ago when, think of, what are we? We're January 26th here. So, yeah, we're talking about 20 years ago. That's the title season. We're in. It's the anniversary year of the title. 20 years ago, don't you all feel old? That, like, by that point that year, I mean, trying to think back to how that that season went 20 years ago. And, like, you're, uh, and not, you know, the wins and the losses, but, you know, uh, the feeling, the vibe. 
what what you got out of got out of that year? Like, man, that Carmelo guy, oh, like everyone knew he was good. Everyone knew Jerry was good. Now we're sitting here late January, so remember like Billy Edelin was suspended at the beginning of the year and all that stuff. Like Billy had been banking the mix now for a few weeks. You're like, well, this guy's pretty good too. And, you know, all the crazy games that happened, like the tight games with Pittsburgh and Notre Dame, like the only team that, that Syracuse couldn't do anything with that year was UConn. Shout out to Texas for beating UConn in the tournament that year. But, like, you were starting to get a vibe midway through that season. Like, it was picking up. Business was picking up. Like, wow, this team might have something. This team might do something. These are some really good players. Man, have you ever seen anybody like this mellow before? And it's not that this year. And, you know, like, on a year like that, when you have a Carmelo Anthony, when you're sitting there knowing that you have, like, a top, I'd say this point of the year that year, you're like, man, this guy's a top five pick of the draft. Because like, people knew about like the existence of LeBron James by that point. They're like, man, we're, we're getting to watch the top five pick in the draft. This is this is unbelievable. He's the best freshman in the country. He's probably the best player in the country. This is great. It's a lot of fun. Or, you know, go a few years after that. Go go seven years, nine years after that. Seven years after that, you know, the orange it's right around the time they're number one in the country with a the Routens and Orenze team and all those people, or, or two years later, the, the Fab Mello team, where they just were just smoking people, and you're like, man, there, there's NBA players out there. This Deion Waiters guy coming off the bench is pretty good, huh? Like these are some these are some dudes. And could some of this year's freshmen could they get to a level where they're big time players at some point? Yeah, like Judah Mintz is a really good player now. Could he? Be, you know, if he stays in college long enough, could he become a big-time player? Absolutely. Some of these other freshmen, could they become, like, big-time players in the history of Syracuse basketball? Absolutely. We just have no idea of that right now. And people are losing their minds. And it, it all seems to land on... It, it, it had been only landing on Joe, and now it's landing on Judah, too. And it's very, it's just peculiar. It is peculiar. How... I get it. Gerard's a polarizing player. But now people have have gone so far off the reservation the other way that it's not just... It's one thing to be polarizing. Like, Trevor Cooney was a polarizing player. But in within the polarization, I think people were still like, well, yeah, he should be on the floor. It was just frustrating at points. Like, you had higher thoughts of what he could do when people were polarized. Well, why doesn't he do that a little more, or this a little bit more, without... It was more like wishing he'd do a little bit more without appreciating the things he did well. With with Joe, it's not even that. It's like, well, he should probably be riding the bench at Siena. Instead, he's leading the ACC in scoring, and that's ridiculous. So go back to Glens Falls. It's taken like 90 different weird steps. Like Trevor Cooney, it wasn't that long ago. It was 2016 was his senior year. It's seven years later. That's not that long ago in the, the history of Earth, the history of time here to have your opinion of the polarizing player on the team. And there's always one. There's always one. Yeah, I get it. Can like the Gerard experience be a frustrating one? Sure. Yeah, that's all right as fans to voice that thought. But the, the thoughts have been going so far kooky. He's averaging 20 a game at ACC games. You know who else is doing that? No one. 
nobody, zero people on any of the teams in the entire ACC. None of them are doing it. Not one of the players, not the freshmen, not the one and dones, not the fifth years, not the sixth years, not the Dukies, not the Tar Heels. Not even anybody on little old BC. Nobody's doing it. He's the only one doing it. Now, that doesn't mean he's like one of the great players in the history of the ACC or of Syracuse basketball. It doesn't mean that. But it means something. And it seems to mean the opposite of what an oddly large chunk of people think it means, which is just wild. It, it is wild to see. For you know, we all sit here, watch all these games. We talk about all these games. It's a lot of fun uh, to all that. It's just it's bizarre. It is bizarre. Like being frustrated with his game. Like is it is it frustrating sometimes? You know, hashtag logo Joe. Like when he pulls up for a heat check on a night that he's not hot. Yeah, it's he, there's some frustrating moments. There's some weird things and thoughts and the whole thing. Yeah, of course there are, but. The idea that like this roster has somebody else better suited to do it, like I get it. People are still big mad that Kadari Richmond transferred. Well, that was two years ago. He, he's not here. He can't. He can't come into the game. Talk about how not a lot of NCAA rules apply to anything anymore. That's one of them. Like if you're on Seton Hall, you can't come into the Syracuse game. Like not a lot of rules mean diddly poo anymore. But you know that one still counts. Like if you're on another team, you can't come play for this one. Like today. You got to wait till at least tomorrow. Like the transfer portal, you know, it's at least one day before you do that. I don't know. The whole thing's bizarre. Maybe, maybe Wayne in the truck has an answer. Wayne, welcome in. What do you got today, Wayne? How you doing? Not bad, Brian. I, I think my take's been mis, misconstrued, misunderstood. I don't want Judah Mintz on the bench, even though I said he should have been at the end of the Miami game. I, that's because of. Okay. That's because he had such a bad game in that moment of time. We had capable players on the bench that could have come in and provided possibly a better option. I don't want Joe on the bench, but in those three games where he was so atrocious, there were players on the bench that could have come in and possibly provided that spark that he wasn't providing. You see what I'm saying? I see that, Wayne. I, I will say this, though. Where I'm going to disagree with you, like the Miami game in particular, because it's the most recent game with Judah, like even in that scenario, I still want him on the court at the end of the game. Like even considering how the rest of the game went, and I'll say the same for Joe. Like what you can do, you, you can rest him in other portions of the game. And I'm not saying this is necessarily you, Wayne, but it feels like, Wayne, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like if not you, some people in the fan base are like, they, they don't want Joe even here. Like, you're saying maybe rest him for five minutes. I feel there's a lot of people that are like, why is he even here right now? We always have had some crazies in our fan base. I think every fan base does. I just felt like I was getting mixed in with those, and and I just wanted to clarify. Because, I mean, listen, Judah against North Carolina, I think he made the best play he could. Yeah, I do. I wish it would have turned out differently. Absolutely. But he was the guy for that play in that moment. It's just that's because he was – contributing for the entire game. He was making a difference on the game, positive impact on the game, you know? I No, I, I agree with you on that. I, I will disagree with you, though, at the end of the Miami game, and, you know, that's been adjudicated till the, the end of, of time now, but I, I'd take those guys on the end of the court at the end of games, so certainly uh, 
from uh, here to the end of the season. But uh, we shall see. Wayne, as always, uh, thanks for the call, and uh, we will let you get back to the truck. As uh, clearly that's where you are right now. But thank you. That is uh, Wayne in the truck. Let's. Uh, oh boy. Uh, let's go back to the phones right now. Here, here is a Ralph who uh, wants to talk about Joe Girard. Ralph, uh, welcome in. How you doing? Hey, pretty good. I, I didn't know Joe was leading the ACC. That's great. Uh, but I, I will just say, not to throw the guy under the bus, but you can't save the ball under the under the opponent's hoop. And seventh graders know this. And I know everybody can make mistakes, but that's crucial and change the game. Um, I'm not blaming him for the loss. I'm just saying that's something that uh, you know at this level you can't do that. Yeah, it was, uh, and I think we got we can play it back in a little bit. With Jim Beheim talked about it earlier, and yeah, it was a bad play. Uh, but I, I don't know about you, Ralph. Like in my mind, that's that's one bad play made out of effort, and I feel like a lot of what's landed on Gerard here the last few weeks seems to be taken about like seventeen steps beyond that right now. Yeah, I think we'd, we'd be uh, a lot worse without Joe, and there's no question about it. Uh, it's just, you know, shooters are streaky, and some games he's going to be hot and not. But, uh, you know, that, that type of play is tough. I'm not throwing him under the bus. I'm just saying uh, I caught this conversation late. So uh, that was just a critical, critical play. Yeah, it was, Ralph, and thank you uh, for the call. That definitely was a, a, a critical play in uh, the ball game, and uh, unfortunately one that, it, um, yeah, I don't want to say it cost Syracuse the game, but it was part of what, what cost Syracuse the chance of having to win the game. But, and uh, we might be able to dig up, uh, where did I put it? Where did I put that sound? But here it is. Here is uh, Jim Beheim from Orange Nation a little bit ago on that exact play. Oh, you never save it there. He knows. Joe knows that. He just, he tried to make a hustle play, you know. And unfortunately, it was you know it was the wrong play. Uh, I can't remember a time that we've done that in 47 years that I've been here. Saved the ball in our own basket and they scored. I'm sure it's happened, but I think the ball was going to go off North Carolina, which is the interesting part. I think Joe might have thought he hit it, but I think it actually went off uh, a North Carolina player. But he tried to make a hustle play, and it was just it, it, it was a bad play. That's all. So there's uh, Jim Beheim on that. Jerry McNamara was on Orange Nation uh, yesterday and uh, described kind of how what, what he would have told Joe to do there is you know Jim saying just stay away from it. They like, it's it's easier said than done in that scenario just not to not go near it at all. I, my, in my mind, I, it's kind of what Jim said. I, I think Joe thought the ball hit him, and if like you think the ball hit you. Or if you think it hit one of your teammates, like your your first reaction is to go do something about it. Jerry's like, well, the idea to go do something about it is not uh, bad, even though you, you know, like half wish you could turn it off. It's just you need to do something different. Keep your feet about you. Don't dive. Try to if you do save it, don't save it right under the basket. Just fling it to the other end of the court. So, you know, there are other options uh, for sure. Just uh, that part of it didn't go uh, so hot. If it was Gerard uh, the other night, but. You know, and I would say it's that play, and you know, Ralph's right to be upset about that play for sure because it directly led to the game-winning bucket for the other team, which is not what you're looking for. But um, what can you do? It's just I, I feel like the the Gerard commentary has gone like so far off the off the reservation the other way, and I do believe. Do I do I have our programming right, uh, Joe Gerard? I am. 95% certain of this will be on the block with Brent X later today. So uh, hear from Joe them, uh, himself. I'm sure they'll discuss all of this stuff 
as uh, they roll along throughout the day. Well, that will take a break. We can get some more uh, Jim Beheim from earlier today on Orange Nation when we come back. Many topics were uh, discussed. Your calls as well, 315-437-7644 for ESPN 44. Who's mad about Gerard or Mintz or what, what are we mad about uh, today? We can be mad together here on the airwaves. We'll take a break. Much more to come after this. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. It's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Uh, working our way through this uh, Thursday afternoon. It'll be Friday at 5 sometime or another this week. Working our way toward the weekend. Next up, QSAT Virginia Tech. A lot of 7 o'clock Saturday night games. Like, a 7 o'clock basketball game is not odd in itself. I just feel like the Orange are playing a lot more evening Saturday games this year than afternoon games for whatever the reason. Television is the uh, the answer to all and any questions there. But we'll talk about uh, that game more uh, tomorrow with Mike Burnup, the color analyst for Virginia Tech. I feel like we just talked to Mike. Yeah. Did we just do this game? Yeah. Well, we like Mike. We'll talk to him again. Uh, tomorrow to get ready for that. Uh, Virginia in the Dome, big Monday on Monday. Do stay tuned tomorrow. Will we have tickets to give away? Hmm. If you can answer that question, then maybe you'll be able to answer another question for said tickets. We'll figure that out tomorrow. I don't know what I'm doing the rest of today. If you want me to know what I'm doing tomorrow, you've come too soon. But uh, possibly tickets for the game on Monday, tomorrow, or Monday. Just not Sunday or Saturday. One of these days, we're going to give away tickets. Either way, right now we're going to get back to the phone lines. Vito in Liverpool has been patient through the break. Thanks for hanging on, Vito. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing all right. I was listening to you talk about, you know, uh, fans wishing maybe somebody else from the past Syracuse teams had the ball in their hands. That that speaks to me. That speaks to a bigger problem, my friend. That's recruiting. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. There are discussions on fan boards, on Syracuse fan boards, relating to this and the fact that all all people on this roster wouldn't even be uh, wouldn't even sniff the starting. I wouldn't say playing time, but let's say the start the starting job uh, on any past teams in, in the last twenty. Well, not any, but a lot of the past teams in the last twenty years. I mean, uh, you know, guys like Gerard would be a backup. Um, I, what I will say though, I, I heard a call yesterday from a guy from Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, blasting Gerard saying he shouldn't be playing. That was probably the dumbest call I've heard in the last couple of years uh, on, on this network. Uh, when you watch what, where the points are coming from on this team, he's obviously going to be out there. And just like you said, you know, throwing shots out from the logo when he's having a bad night. It's just, that's the team. Joe's the team. Right. That's where most of the offense is coming from. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to say is, uh, you know, it's been beaten like a dead horse, the, 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 the Judah play yesterday, the charge and the flagrant. I spoke to that play and to Judah about Judah without seeing that uh, on TV. I watched it on TV, um, and Gottlieb, Axe, they're not wrong. That, that, was, that call was horrendous. He, he got into Judah's cylinder and was backing up with him. Right. You got to be set. I I don't know. I can't say. Obviously, I'm a referee, but you don't don't your feet got to be set to take a charge. I, I don't think that you can run in front of someone when they're running, get in their path, back up with them, 
And then being that your face is about five inches from his face, a.k.a. in their cylinder, take an elbow and say, that's an offensive foul because of the elbow and it's a flagrant. Like, that referee needs to go back to school. Well, I don't think Vito, I mean, like, very technically, it's not in the rules that you, you, like, literally need to be standing still. Like, there are, there are, like, if Judah had, you know, stuck out his arm, like, while he was moving and shoved him out of the way. Like, you know, there's a, your, your point is taken, though. And uh, I'll say this, Vito, I don't know about you. Like, especially when Doug Gottlieb tweeted, when Syracuse fans and Doug Gottlieb are in agreement about anything at all, that, I think that tells you how egregious something like that was. Yeah, and that's why I mentioned his name. I mean, that guy's never going to take their side unless it's, uh, he feels passionately about what he's saying. And there were there were many calls after having watched that on on television. That that, that I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say conspiracy. I mean, there was that out of bounds uh, tackle in the Clemson game uh, where the quarterback literally was still in bounds. Uh, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about the the roughing call or right. whatever that basically lost Syracuse the football game at Clemson this year and derailed the season, in my opinion. I mean, I'm looking at calls like that, and it's like these guys, well, I don't know who it was, if, if it was Infante or you said, you know, these guys are at the top. I mean, below the NBA, pretty much NCAA Division One is tops. If you're refing in the ACC, you're, you're probably considered the best at your craft. And these guys, these calls, I mean, it's – I've got my sister in Boston going, what's going on? You know, it's, and it's not coming from a, uh, you know, a Homer fan. These are, these are calls that, you know, anybody would look at and say, I mean, you got fans from other schools that are chiming in online and social media saying you guys got hoes, you know, and it's, these refs are top of the line. They're supposed to be. And it's, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's just, I, when he called that call right there with Judah, won the game for Carolina. The the refs literally decided the outcome of that game on that call. Yeah, well, they, it took away any chance Syracuse had of uh, winning the game at that point. Like, it eliminated any final chance of it. Uh, all right, Vito, good to hear from you, man. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon here. That is uh, Vito in uh, Liverpool. He's not wrong. Like, hey, the refs that are doing these games, they, they grade these guys, the, the guys that get ACC gigs and, you know, SEC and Big Ten and all that, they... they they rate they're the top rated officials in the country. Like they grade them every every ref gets graded on every game. Now <laughs> that that's still a that still means, as I said yesterday, it is it is our God given right to blame the refs. And it it is an echo chamber a bit when you're when you're grading the refs of your own team. Like everybody thinks their own team got screwed, but Vito's point uh comes to bear that like when fans of other teams are the ones chiming in. Like, I know this. Like, when I watch a Syracuse game versus when I watch a non-Syracuse game, you are almost 100% less confused by the refereeing, right, when you're watching a non-Syracuse game than a Syracuse game. I can speak for myself on that. And I'm sure a bunch of you, whether you've considered it or not, would say the same thing. But, like, when I'm aggr- when I'm aggrieved about a call in a non-Syracuse game, that's how you know it's truly bad. Because there's no you know, orange-colored glasses or anything that are leading me in that. That's what Vito was saying. Like, when fans of other teams were watching that on Monday night and saying, man, you guys got screwed, that's how you know. That's how you know. And, you know, that's also how you know whether if it was called right or not, like, when the rules are screwy. Like, when, when everyone is in agreement of how screwed up it is, like, the director of common sense needs to, to take charge of the situation. And, and do something. It was uh, that that, and you know, nobody on Syracuse got to take a free throw on Monday. I'm 
pretty sure that orange players taking a free throw is allowed. I think, you know, the the whole flagrant thing and the elbows, it did cause me to actually go look at the rule book the other day just to brush up and make sure they hadn't changed any verbiage or anything or whatnot for this year. And Yeah, there wasn't anything in there that said, like, if you are wearing a Syracuse Orange Nike uniform, you are not allowed to shoot free throws against North Carolina. No, nah, page not there. Peculiar. Peculiar. As the Orange only shot three. Like, Carolina should shoot in 23. I didn't, you know, maybe a few extra. I didn't have a huge problem with it. Say for a couple of those fouls on Jesse, but the Orange only shooting three. Like say what you want about Judah Mintz, you know, kind of sometimes recklessly searching for contact instead of just waiting uh, for it to naturally find him, which is the way he plays it will. But he probably could have gotten more than a couple of free throws in the game, if you know what I'm saying. I don't know. Blame the refs. It's fun to blame the refs. It's better than blaming yourself, right? And blame those guys. That said, those guys get paid well uh, to uh, to wear it a little bit, so that's, uh, that is what it is. With that, we'll take a break. Uh, try to sneak in maybe a little uh, Jim Beheim sound uh, when we come back. Govendo, you know him from the chat on QSportsTalk.com. You can uh, get to know him from Elite Wealth Management. He'll be joining us coming up at the top of the hour. Jim Coventry, Rotowire, NFL prop bets guy. I was going to come up with a better word than that. He's not just a guy. He's very good at it. Last last weekend, I forget the number was, the ones he was putting out on Twitter, like it was just boom, 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 just drilling them out of the park. Anyway, he'll join us coming up at 3.30 today. We'll hit a break, rolling along on this Thursday in the Q's on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.